August of 2019. Already. We've got a great show waiting for you here. My God, it's taken us so long to get this thing together. It took way too long, if you ask me. We've got a new Ned Trek episode waiting for you. It's, let's see. It's Ned Trek 40. Or 41. Day of the Dope. Dope. Day of the Day Dope. Day of the Dope. Some songs. A little bit of ridiculous speech. Hi, this is Lee Majors. Last week on Ned Trek, the crew of the Free Enterprise saved yet another planet from a fate worse than death. Dystopic nightmare of free education, quality, affordable health care, subsidized housing and living wages. Hot dog, that was a close shave. But we all learned a little something about America. And it's about time. Some people wonder why I'm so hot on the comics. After all, they're just a political party and so misunderstood. Well, now you know why. Because they're dirty, lying, cheating, no good. Um, uh, okay, well, we got another great episode of Ned Trek all queued up for you. Just sit back and take your loyalty oath and stay tuned. It's wild, Steve. It's wild. Space, the ultimate marketplace. These are the voyages of the starship Free Enterprise. Its mission of undetermined length, um, until we're canceled, I guess. To seek out strange new commodities, exploitable alien workforces, to brazenly amass the largest profits that any corporation has before. This sure looks like the place. Uh, I know I'm going to be sorry I asked, but what place, Captain? <laughs> well, the Happy Valley Dude Ranch, Mr. Sulu. Right outside of Provo. Just take a left off of Route 80. You can't miss it. Boy, oh boy, when I think back on all the good times I appeared to have there, it makes my extremities tingle in a deeply unsettling way. Okay, sir, but I think this is supposed to be an alien planet. We came here because we received a distress call. Again. 
There was a confederate colony here, and now they're all gone, or dead, or written out. You know, I'll never forget the time I wrote a palomino into a tree. That was hilarious! Don't worry, it was my equestrian Mexican horse servant that was standing in for me at the time. <laughs> he no understood English oh. And then there was a time I leveraged a hostile takeover of the place and sold it to a strip mining company for a packet. <laughs> you know, I can still see that crazy old prospector now, trying to hop away from that big old bulldozer. Turns out he needed that peg leg I took from him while he was sleeping. <laughs> I traded it to a pirate for some booty. I've got lots of booty now. <laughs> shake, shake, shake. Shake, shake, shake. Shake my booty. Shake my booty, yeah. Uh, that's astonishing, sir. Sulu to free enterprise. Ned here. What the hell's happening down there, Sulu? What's Captain Dunshill up to? He's doing it again, sir. He's, uh, talking. I'm just going to hold the communicator up to him, okay? Thanks, Sulu. Is that you, Mr. Mexico? No, fool. Willard, we only have four more days of filming for this episode, so try to keep on course and don't wander off the script into some nonsensical num-num land, idiot. <laughs> Radio, Ned. Okay, let's see here. Uh, Mr. Toadstool. Toadstool, sir. Green Roddenberry said we needed the Russian on the show, and so I was hired, even though I'm not really Russian. According to him, the Russian embassy wrote a letter to NBC complaining that there was no Russian crew member on the show. Of course, that wasn't true. Not at all. No one in Russia ever saw this show. They were all watching Gomer Pyle or Gomerovich Pylovsky. Anyhow, my character of Tolstoy was created. It was the only Russian name our writers knew. So that's my name. Gotcha, Mr. Trollboy. Give us your report. Tolstoy, sir, like the author. I don't get it. Why would they name my stupid hybrid exploitation character after a count? Why not just call me Chekhov, a silly doctor who wrote insipid little stories about his oddball patients? Uh, calm down, Tolstoy. It was a copyright issue. The suits at Paramount are coming down hard on the makers of fan films and fan graphic novels and whatever the heck this is that we're doing. I don't get it. The classic characters are supposed to fly free. Where I come from in California, they call that weak sauce. Ah, say, this little plastic box is flashing like a Christmas tree. Captain, it reminds me of that most holy of holy days, that momentous time when the Son of Almighty God was appointed Chief Operating Officer of the Human Enterprise, Head Overseer of the Lord's Great Plantation. I exult in my restored right to say, Merry Christmas! Again at any time in any place. For court's sake, Colburn, one more word out of you, and I'll go to your cabin and do a dressage routine on your catch of Kentucky bourbon. I'll also topple your collection of desktop Confederate monuments. How dare you, sir? A man's cabin is his plantation house. You had no right to invade my privacy. You are worse than Sheraton's scurvy crew of cutthroat scallywags. You had no right. I challenge you to a duel. Jomit Bosa, put on my favorite dancing soundtrack. 
Let's go with the theme from the Kane Mutiny. I feel like throwing somebody, and it's not gonna be Humphrey Bogart. Aye, sir. Ouch! I say ouch! Uh, Ned. Doc just broke his Confederate battle sword over his knee. Now he's hopping around the plastic planet surface on one foot. I think he got the message. I knew I should have come down there with you. Jesus, I'm making an executive decision as the number one banana on this show. We're skipping five pages of this script. Willard, there's a clean time battle cruiser closing fast. Somehow more of us are down on the planet now, but I guess I'm still supposed to be up on the bridge. Oh God, we need new writers so bad. <laughs> well, what do you know? I owned a company that foreclosed on one of those battle cruisers once. Maybe they're here to get it out of Hawk. I'd better bone up on their dialect. Mr. Bonup, get that Clinton to English dictionary. The one I've been using to prop up the table in the briefing room. The one where we keep Alan Greenspan's brain. It's in a mason jar. I think he was a Freemason. Willard, don't you want to order us to protect the ship or something? Oh, why do I ask? Ah, now, Ned. I'm sure they're already well protected. Those clean tons think of everything. I think they even have a lower deck devoted to Planned Parenthood. Ah, say, smacks of abortion on demand. Hyper-late-term abortions. Throwing full-grown babies against bulkheads to stop them voting for Jesus. The duck bonehead cracker just beam back up here or something. Why do I suddenly hear him so well? Listen, the free enterprise is in jeopardy of being blown into seven unequal plastic parts. You lunatic! Oh, never mind. Welsh, red alert! Put up the shields! Ah, let your smile be your shield, Mr. Ned. For me, the best shield is a drama Doc's Kentucky bourbon. At least when I run out of Pantheran. That's Welsh whiskey. Ah, say, you also have no right, sir. Just put up the shields, Welsh, and shut up, Pearl. But Ned, I haven't hit a single line in this episode. This is literally my first line. Well, actually, it's my second line. Oh, and that was my third. Shut up, Pearl, and get back to the Ion Pond. I've got a feeling that we may need to jettison it for real this time. Captain, I don't know how I know this since I'm standing here on the planet set with you and I don't even have a tricorder, but the Cleton ship is activating its transporters. I don't know how I know this either, because I'm not even in this week's episode. But there's something funny happening on the Clayton ship. The main deck is festooned with ribbons and party streamers. There's a brass band playing way too loud, and crew members singing along recklessly. Maybe they thought I was making a state visit, and I might if the price is right. <laughs> hey, maybe it's my birthday again. It's been weeks since my last one. It's not your frickin' birthday, fool! And who besides your deluded family and plasticized frontier throwbacks are gonna celebrate that? Captain, the Clintons! Well, well, well. Look who we have here. 
Are y'all here to finish what you started? Committing a Wontnack war and all that? This planet is ours. Somebody just knocked the sign down. See, there it is. It says Clinton Real Estate. That fake Russian guy was standing on it. Now you're all prisoners of the Clinton Foundation. Or, I mean the Clinton Empire or whatever. Now I'm gonna sucker punch you, Captain. Okay, are we going to commercial break here? Oh, I guess not. They don't work this show like the normal ones. I like the Beverly Hillbillies. That was more fact-based. It's true. Back home, every time we heard that little bell sound, there was somebody at the front door. Anyhow, I was just having y'all on. Say, looky here. It's Captain Willard and his whole crew of dimmer-than-life cartoon pirates. Let me give you all a big old bear hug. Hey, there's the little guy that likes to pretend to be Tinkerbell. That's okay, little fella. I'm all for gay marriage now and transgender rights and all that stuff. Now I don't have any power. It turns out I'm pretty liberal. Yes, that's why we hate you, sir. For that reason, and because you never really believed in the right-wing agenda you signed into law. Wait a minute. When did Pearl beam down? It never happened in the script. This show. And you got your horse on the radio. Well, I bet you're the only folks who do that kind of thing. God bless you. Golly, well, <laughs> thanks, Commander Bill. So glad you could make it to my birthday party. We're going to Bob for funeral potatoes a little later on. <laughs> that is, if Bob remembered to bring them. <laughs> he wasn't looking too good the last time we saw him. He may be dead which makes the activity even more apropos. After that, we may play a game of pin the wrongful death lawsuit on the union steward. <laughs> they invented it at Harvard Law School, but the business school liked it too. A lot. Uh, Captain, I'm not sure, but I think the Cleetons are supposed to be our sworn enemies in this show. Uh, should I call for a security detail? Only if they know how to party. Come on, Willard. We've tapped a keg on my ship. And there's some hippie chicks up there who think that everything I say is a far-out gas. I don't know what that means, but it's got to be good, right? So what the hell are y'all doing down here? This planet's drier than Blanding, Utah, and about five times as bland. We own it. We never come here. It was part of a real estate deal I was involved in back in the day. It was called No Water. Ha ha! Ha ha! Anyhow, I figure since you Republican Confederation guys are no longer hampered by any pretense of moral code, you'd probably all be into partying, frat boy style, opening beers with your teeth, and then drinking them with your butt, stuff like that. I say, what a gracious invitation! With your leave, Captain, I believe I shall repair to the Clinton ship so as to share a demitasse with this august statesman of the gallant south, my Dixie Ray's kith and kin. Now, sir, am I right in supposing you have on board some drinking whiskey of the bourbon variety? Yeah, we got that. We got a bit of everything up there. It's all high class. Most of it's in those little bottles you get free on interstellar shuttle flights. I sent Carville on 50 round-trip shuttle rides to Groton 7's amazing blue and purple moon. That's the moon that orbits the wrong way around its planet. <laughs> its magnetic poles are all screwed up, too. 
It's what you'd call celestial oddity. Anyhow, that's how I got all the drinking stuff. I say that bourbon is as good as mine, good sir. I will make up for the hog's head I lost to the ungodly dancing ways of the captain's audacious horse. Good sir, lead me hither to your space chariot and let us ride it together into blissful inebrionato. <laughs> El Dorado. What the? Doc, you always hated the Cletons. And what the hell is that woo-woo sound? Oh, now, Mr. Sulu. There you go again with your divisive language. Sounds like you need to chew on a few new tariffs. That will soon straighten you out. Commander Bill doesn't mean us any harm. He's even offering us some of his closed cigarettes and ginger beer. Though I'm not sure I should take him up on that. I haven't had any of that contraband since my coming-of-age party back in the 1870s. Uh, you mean the 1970s, right? Well, probably not. I remember the 1970s pretty well. I learned to play about five notes on the saxophone. I just played them over and over. Everybody really dug it, except for some straight-ass guy on the corner dressed up like a cop. <laughs> that was me. <laughs> just wanted to make sure everyone at the nanny hoot was sticking to the letter of the law. No mixed drinks or mixed-race couples. Only Maroney approved. Wholesome fun. Yeah, somehow we managed to have that more, Willard. <laughs> now come on, boys. That keg ain't gonna drink itself. Although one of them might. It looks suspiciously like an alien bubble-headed creature that was hanging around the keg store. I think Reuben tapped him by mistake. That's okay, though. It turns out his bodily fluids have a decent alcohol content. Sulu, what the hell's going on down there? And what's making that dumbass woo-woo sound? It's interfering with other doohickeys on board that also make woo-woo sounds. I don't know, Ned. Maybe it's the clean tots. Or maybe it's that cheesy lighting effect that's being projected onto the styrofoam boulders behind Captain Romney. Looks like somebody's shining an HMI light through a fishbowl. And whenever the Cletons say something nice, it flashes orange. Or maybe that's red. It's all post-production stuff. I'll, I'll tell you later. Oh, never mind that thing. That's just some psychedelic flashing woo-woo light thing that some space hippies gave me on Barbertal 5. One of them looked like the top banana from Hill Street Blues, Danny Trevante, or somebody like that. Anyway, the light is supposed to promote hippie love and peace. Oh, well, I'm all for that first part anyway. Gosh, Commander Bill, why don't you and your officers beam up to the free Enterprise? We can have the party in the shuttle bay. Not the plastic model one, the real big one. With genuine plastic spacecraft parked inside and an elevator that runs between the bay and my quarters. I've got a different elevator for larger denominations. Well, that's very hospitable of you, Romney, particularly considering the long and troubled history between our parties. I mean, between our peoples. <laughs> I must have parties on the mind. That settles it, then. Romney to free enterprise. Yes, Willard. I'm still on the frickin' line from before. Besides, the stupid cheap-ass planet set is right over there. I can see your ass. We have some guests, Mr. Ned. So beam us up and adjust the transporter to wide field. Better make it extra wide. It looks like Commander Bill has put on a few. <laughs> <laughs> Good living, Willard. That's what does it. Too many lunch meetings over at that little Russian restaurant on Vendicard 11, 
where they serve all those heavy sauces. Now, what was the name of that place? That's where you ate my brother, Lyodor Stigovanovich Tolstoy. No, but I suppose it could have been covered up by those sauces. You could fit a dozen Russian authors and at least a couple of Russian poets in there. And who would know? We did read his book, though. Well, we read the racy parts. <laughs> oh, yeah, War and Peace. I tried to read that book once. I thought half of it might be good. I was wrong. You ate my brother. Cossacks! Yeah, that's the name of the place. Cossacks. Yeah, I remember it now. I reckon it was named after your brother then. You should be proud. They serve the richest goulash that ever met a spoon. Oh, Willard, make sure the transporter picks up those hippie party lights over there on the styrofoam rocks. I never go anywhere without them now. It just makes people say the nicest things to me. Things like, yes. You heard him, Ned. Get the little lights, too. And the woo-woo sound. What the hell kind of irresponsible order is that? You're trying to wreck the show again. Oh, whatever. Roger freaking Wilco. Maybe Engineer Welsh can reverse the thing's polarity and make it make some other kind of sound. Energize. Commander Bill, make yourself at home, me matey. Wow, nice digs, Willard. You were right about moving the party to your place. This beats the hell out of our danky little bird of prey. Not even a cup holder or a bathroom on the thing. We've got our own poop deck. Willard, what the hell are you doing now? Are we running a freaking resort? Because if you think I'm doing bridal path rides, you've got another thing coming. <laughs> That sounds kind of fun, Ned. You think you can carry two clean towns at a time? And a saddlebag full of wine coolers. I like it. Next, you want to hang a sign in front of the saucer section that says, Happy Acres, you're not turning the free enterprise into a space resort ship while I'm still alive and cantering. <laughs> it would be the best resort in all of space. All the ensigns and yeomans could become bellhops and tennis instructors and golf pros. That is, until we replace them with cheaper immigrant labor. Welcome to Happy Acres, Commander Bill. Sounds great. Hey, that hippie chick I was telling you about, she can write an ad for you. She needs something to do while I'm busy with her cousins. Hey, I reckon we'll be your first customers. Captain, I'm beaming over the first group of clean towns from the ship. This is Solara, my wife, and e-communications officer. Hey, Willard, never mind what I said about those girls. Bill, was this your idea, or were we invited here by this capitalist confederate captain, this Captain Romney? Mine, Hilaire, you know me. Always the first kid in the class to raise his hand first one in your class to get gonorrhea, too, but we won't get into that. We won't? Oh, darn it. I thought everybody might want to know about our marital bliss. Well, thanks to you, most everyone within 50 parsecs already knows about that. So what do we have here? 
a Confederate captain and his crew of despicable, reprehensible deplorables. Bill, you've heard of how they treat their guests. Their atrocious manners, their disgusting death beer, and tasteless party favors. And the slave labor isn't up to snuff either. It was one of their slave planets that made this shirt I'm wearing. It tucks where it's supposed to stretch. I'm glad that it was one of our slave planets that made my undershorts. Now they've got a lot of give. <laughs> hey, is this the little lady? Delighted. Welcome to the free enterprise, Mrs. Space Alien. Here, let me get you some birch beer. Preferred non-alcoholic beverage of the John Birch Society. It's nice and flat like the earth they dearly love. Root beer in soil. No, thank you. Hey, Willard, why don't you have your engineer beam those kegs over to your shuttle bay so we can get this party started? Woohoo! Sounds good, Commander. Mr. Welsh, make it so. And contact Starfleet's command. We've got to let Commodore McConnell know that he's invited too. Nobody parties harder than Commodore McConnell. Show him a chocolate cupcake and he comes right out of his shell. I better go and put my Mormon kilt on. What? Willard, Mr. Stephanie U has been redecorating the shuttle bay to look like the D-Junk concert hall at Brigham Young. As per your dumbass orders, the deck is full of undocumented workers from Mexicalis 12. Trying to make do with three paint rollers and a busted hammer. What the hell's the matter with you? Uh, Ned, I think that hippie psychedelic lighting effect up on the wall, the one that's making the woo-woo sound, it seems to be affecting everyone's behavior. Now, Willard's always been an idiot who can't remember his last five orders. That dumbass effect may be doing something to the clean times, though. They don't seem to want to kill Willard at all. They even kind of like him, as much as anyone can like Willard. Let's head over to the shuttle deck, everybody. You'll be well treated, Commander Bill. So I've seen. I mean, I see how you treat other part of the guys on this show. Turns out it's pretty good. <laughs> we give them extra plastic food cubes, and we let them start wars, too. Now off to the shuttle bay. Only, Ned, where the heck is the shuttle bay? I don't know. The full set was on order, but someone kept canceling it. I think Rotten Berries or Desi Arnaz, one of those power-mad, talentless bastards, always in some crap-ass mood, the both of them. All we have is a mock-up of a doorway for it. Just walk down the same 40 feet of corridor we always use, then turn left when you're out of the camera frame. Even you can't miss it. I say the cotillion is about to commence. I shall repair to my quarters and don my full dress uniform. The one that isn't still at the dry cleaners following that unfortunate incident at the last cotillion. Oh yeah, I saw your Baptist kilt on the dry cleaners deck. It was in a bag with the word vomit written on it. I say that's Kentucky vomit, you deviant from the Orient. Captain... The payload of alien beer has been transported to the shuttle deck. I cannot get through the star fleece and the Admiral McConnell. All subspace frequency are blocked. There's too much rocket singing from that clean time ship, and it's drowning out everything else. Or maybe it's that space hippie light effect. Well, that's a shame, I guess. What the hell? Why aren't I more pissed off? 
I'm even having trouble getting pissed off about not being able to get pissed off. Gosh, what's happening to us? Ordinarily, I would be trying to close an arms deal with the Klingons behind the captain's back, but somehow I, I just can't bring myself to do it. That's right, Mr. Pearl. I, too, have been overcome with strange feelings of tolerance and brotherly love. My old prejudices are melting away faster than a snow cone in Yorba Linda on the 4th of July. Some unseen power has taken a hold of us. I want to blame the Jews, but even that appears to be beyond my reach. It's been five minutes. I should be telling Pearl to shut up right about now. This is weird. Ned, do you think that cheap hippie lighting effect is, is making us be nice to one another? Shut up, Pearl. Oh, boy. Nope, I'm not feeling it. Let's go join the captain on the shuttle deck and share a wee dram with the Clintons. I think I'll join the Welshmen, though I never trusted them. Back in my cottage cheese and ketchup days, I bought a life insurance policy from a guy named Flintstone. I was due a $10,000 payout when my flatmate got shot up in Korea, but I never saw the cabbage. Turned out that Flintstone was a Welsher. Attention, crow! This is your captain speaking. Your party captain, that is. <laughs> oh, Commander Bill, you're so funny. Perhaps funnier than Lucy. <laughs> Someday we should get the two of you together and have a comedy showdown. Who will win? <laughs> you are all ordered to come down to the shuttle hangar deck immediately. You all gotta help me pour some liquor down your captain's pie hole. He doesn't put nothing in that thing except for pie. True, he's not as versatile with his pie hole as you famously are, Bill. Of course, I wouldn't want to think about that. Not on a full stomach. Come on, hon, this is all good fun. I think he's got a different hole for everything he eats. He's got a green bean hole, a fresca hole. He's got a space jello hole, a funeral potato hole, but no damn liquor hole. Now you're just making stuff up, Bill. Quit your fooling. <laughs> I can't find it. <laughs> Seriously, I looked everywhere. Hey, this is a great routine. It reminds me of when George W. Bush was mock looking for WMDs around his lectern. Now that was what I call entertainment. It was extra funny because he started a war under false pretenses. Not that there's anything wrong with that. After all, the fake intelligence was solid. You know, in all the universe, you guys are about the best friends I got. And this big buffoon here, the one with the weird religion and the awkward mannerisms and turns of phrase, he's about the only man I can see I truly love. You know, I never knew my real pa. Oh, Jesus. Look at that hippie psychedelic light effect. It's turning faster now. It's getting redder. It's as if it's feeding on the Cleton commander's lighthearted ribbing and disturbing professions of love for the captain. You mean that something in the universe actually likes this show? I know it's hard to believe, but I'm too bored to come up with a better explanation. Hey, I want you, my fellow crew members, to be the first to know. I believe I love John D. But that's not all. I'm posting this list on all the bulletin boards and on the ship set. There's only one bulletin board, Mr. President, dicky old chum. Oh, God, listen to me. Listen to me. Hey, that's just Nixon's enemy list. 
with the word enemy crossed out and the words best chums written in in space crayon. Then, what the hell? Am I the only one not being affected by that space hippie light? I still pretty much hate everybody in this show. I don't think so, Earther. I, too, seem to be immune to its effects as well. Wait, you're a Klingon. You all just do everything Commander Bill tells you to do, no matter how depraved. Just like Carvu and Ruben. How can you tell you're immune? I can tell because I'm pissed off at the writer of this script. He has not even bothered to give me a ridiculous name. I'm simply referred to as Bald Clinton. But this is an audio program. No pictures. What is the purpose of me being bald? It is an outrage. Gosh, that is unreasonable. And yet somehow it makes me like the writer even more. You wouldn't like him so much if he referred to you as Fat Earthling, even if it is accurate. Hi. What the? That felt like a course change. Oh my god, how do you know? Well, for one thing, our chicken-suited director is giving me the thumbs up. Sulu to dead. What is it, Sulu? I'm in the middle of a dressage routine. And then I have to start giving horsey rides around the flight deck. Yes, it's humiliating, but for some reason I'm loving it. Uh, well, we appear to have changed course. Our speed has increased to warp 9. And as you can tell from the script, I haven't had anything to do with it. Roger, I see that. And I know Welsh has had nothing to do with it. He already has a snootful. He's blowing out his putrid pipes. The most disturbing thing about it is that I'm liking it. I can hear it. Now I know why they call it blowing. Ah, Mr. Ned. It's Welsh cutting in. I'm still conscious for the most part. And I can just about tell it changed course. But it's worse, sir. Far worse. Mr. Ned, the script is deteriorating. We cannot stop the process. Time factor, mister. I mean, how long have we got? Stupid endearing writers. In ten, maybe fifteen minutes, then we're out of script for sure. And then we'll drift into space. Nothing to say to each other for eternity. Like an endless pony ride with some lovable insipid cracker squatting on your back. It's even worse than that, Ned. I'm getting reports that 400 crew members are trapped in the lower decks and that they are actually having a great time down there. They're using our food synthesizers and automatonic bartenders like there's no tomorrow. Ensigns and enlisted men are eating rich food and swilling expensive booze with wild abandon. It's as if they were commissioned officers. Uh, Ned, Sulu cutting in. Although I'm not on the bridge, this is an audio broadcast, so I might as well be. And as such, I could say that we're now headed for the edge of the galaxy again. Oh no, that means we'll pass through the strange supercharged ionic field barrier again. The one that made my hair fall out in bunches, says here. Oh damn it, damnable scriptwriters. Oh my god, will I lose my hair too? If you do, you just look like an undifferentiated ball of melted wax. But we'll still take care of you, and this will still be your home. 
Oh shoot, I'm gonna puke now, but it will be enjoyable too. Captain's log supplemental. Lieutenant Sulu reporting. Yet another strange power has taken over the ship and is forcing the Free Enterprise crew to be nice to each other and to the Cletons. Now we seem to be headed out of the galaxy at maximum warp. The bridge controls are frozen and our script is deteriorating faster than usual, according to our drunk Welsh engineer anyway. We've got to do something quick, or... Wait a minute, Sulu. Shouldn't I be recording that message? I'm the senior officer who still has most of his wits. Pearl, you've obviously got a lot of something. I'm not sure I'd call it wits. Also, I'm trying to spare the audience from having to listen to another one of your warmongering soliloquies. That's what you gave them the last time. Also, you would let anyone beam back up to the ship without giving a password that only you do. But I'm much nicer now. And when I draw plans to subjugate planets, I'm doing it out of love. Captain. Uh, I don't know who you're talking to. The captain isn't on the bridge, Tolstoy. Sir, the emergency bulkheads have closed. Nearly 400 crewmen are trapped in parts of the ship that can't be accessed from our single stretch of hallway. Fortunately, it just happens to be the 400 crewmen that never appear on the show. I'm not even sure why I'm telling you this. Uh, yeah, that's already happened a couple of pages ago, but I'm trying to look surprised. Mother of Pearl, I mean, mother of me. 400 red shirts locked away where they can't be used as cannon fodder? The captain and Ned both partying with the clean towns like it's 1999? And me, just as bad. But somehow I remain so content. And we're locked on course to a galaxy that may offer no national security consulting opportunities whatsoever. How are you going to survive that, Pearl? Oh my god! I'll have to see if they need a brotherly love advisor! I can found a space peace corps and devote myself to showing disheveled aliens how to become dependent on chemical fertilizers and pesticides for their agriculture. I can also represent Confederate agrobusiness at the same time. Romney to Lieutenant Pearl! Come in, Mr. Pearl! Or is that Lieutenant Commander Pearl? Look at that, you just received a promotion! Uh, I was already a Lieutenant Commander, sir, but, uh, thank you. Uh, what can I do for you? <laughs> Go ahead, Willard. <laughs> Say it. Go ahead. Oh, gosh, Bill. What was that again? <laughs> Got it. Uh, Mr. Pearl? <sighs> yes, Captain. What is it? Is it about a promotion? Is your space refrigeration unit running? <laughs> um, which one, sir? The one I keep my cold cuts in? I think it's running. <laughs> well, you better stop it before it gets away. <laughs> gets away? Is someone trying to steal it from my quarters? I hear laughing. That must have been a joke at, at my expense. Hey, Pearl, is Mr. Bear there? <laughs> oh, wait, that, that one's only good if you call the zoo. Uh, Willard, you got a zoo on the starship? 
Oh, Jesus, is that there? That's a good one, Mr. Sulu. <laughs> hey, Bill, he said, is net there, get it? Yeah, funny as a crotch, Willard. Have another wine cooler. You're starting to get your color back. Shuttle deck out. What the hell, Sulu? Do you think the captain... Is the captain drunk? Could be. He's so random all the time, it's hard to tell. My commander sounds like he swallowed a circus clown. Although it wouldn't be the first time. Pearl, we have to get down there and talk to Ned. That's how the storyline goes anyway. I'm not sure what happens after that. The writers are actually writing this while we shoot. You can see them over there by the prop rack. Don't look now. One of them is comatose and the other appears to be picking bugs off the first one. How do we get to the shuttle deck? Through intership beaming? That's written like it's risky and dangerous. Besides, I love what they're doing down there. I submit myself to the will of the hippie peace light. Lawgivers! Lawgivers! Listen, we really don't have time for this, bro. Give me your script for a minute. No, it's mine! Give it to me, Pearl, or I'll tell everybody about what you did when you saw that old blob of mustard on the floor of the bio lab. Well, nobody stepped in it yet. No human, anyway. Okay, okay, here's my script. Okay, here, now, now, read this. Oh my gosh, I'm cured. I'm still a rotund, oozing butt brownie, but I've broken away from the tyranny of the space and love hippie lights. All it took was listening to the musical stylings of John Philip Sousa. That's why Sulu and the bald Clintown were in effect. They listened to that music all the time. Yep, that's me all over. Just another random hobby that some producer bestowed on me for the sake of expediency. As for me, I just can't get enough of that stuff. Clintown Public Radio plays Sousa March music at 5 a.m. every morning. To arise with that is true happiness. Okay, that's the part I wrote. So anyway, we don't need to do an internship beaming now. We just need to get into the fake elevator and walk down the fake hallway to the door-marked hangar deck. Well, if we're just going to waltz down there without the element of surprise, we need to arm ourselves. Break out the lasers. Oh, it's so good to be able to hate again. Yeah, nice try, Pearl. But you've got the wrong cheap-ass science fiction show. On this show, we have phasers, whatever that means. Give me the phaser weapon, Earthling. Let us reclaim our heroic captains and avenge the loss of my hair. Then it's settled. Um, here they are. What the? My phaser. It turned into a little plastic party horn. And mine is now one of those little party streamer things you blow into the end of. And it goes... It's obvious the little lighting effect for the woo-woo sound isn't going to let anybody fight. At least without it looking ridiculous. Let's just go down there before the episode becomes a three-parter. Unarmed? We'll be sitting ducks. They'll use sarcasm on us. And Commander Bill's wit can kill at 20 paces. It's so very hurtful. I'm still seeing a space therapist after what he said to me in the origami episode. Hey, is Mr. Duck there? <laughs> For Christ's sake, just go, Pearl. 
here we are, the Haggard Deck. Dad was right, this place has been turned upside down by those immigrant painters. Never mind the painters, look at the landing deck. It's been converted into a space bowling alley. Commander Bill and Captain Romney are, well, they're bowling and not for credits. Why didn't they just go to the ship's normal bowling alley set? Raskonyakov! The bowling balls are those glowing receptacle things we used in Nedrek 37. And the pills are empty bottles of Tranya. Yeah, so that lighting effect on the wall, it's spinning like a Denebian cliff badger. Eastern variety. Which is a cliff-dwelling badger that spins, apparently. Hey, Romney, watch this! <laughs> I'm watching, Bill! That's amazing! Okay, Ned, go pick up those bottles again. Oh my god, Sulu, look! Mr. Ned is being used as a pin setter. Shut up, Pearl. No, it's not working right. I've lost my pizzazz to that hippie light phenomenon. Look at the light. It's redder than the Chinese army. And it's spinning like a Denebian cliff badger, Eastern variety, which as described earlier is a cliff-dwelling badger that spins. Captain... That post-production alien lighting effect has hypnotized you, and it's making you bowl against your will. You've got to snap out of it. End the show now. If you don't, it will take our writers another five hours to figure out how to do it. Don't listen to them, Willard. Remember, you were right about Russia being the world's biggest threat. You can tell me about your big ideas on doing away with entitlements in just a few more pages. I'll be here working on the manuscript for my new book. The working title is, No Lock Him Up. Here it comes again, Willard. Another Billy bombshell right down the middle. Come on, baby, roll. Come on, baby. Send Piggy to boot camp. That calls for a celebration. Let's pop that keg. What do you say, Willard? (laughs) I'm with you, Bill. What are we doing again? Who's popping keg? I'm guessing a ball player. I'm talking beer. Gallons and gallons of space beer. That's a drink, Willard. We're gonna drink that sucker drow, buddy. You and me and you too. Okay, gotcha. Just like old Brett and Squee and Mark Judge. They were the best of friends. Just like you and me. And you, right, Bill? Sure, Willard. Heck, we believe in all the same things, am I right? You know, personal responsibility, strong national defense, Respect for law enforcement, plural wives. Cheers, Willard. <laughs> Bottoms up. Hey, Bill. Don't forget fiscal responsibility and secure borders. We all agree on that, too. Absolutely, Willard. We all want to help small businesses, mom and pop shops like Chase Bank. Mm, this is Superior Space Beer. This calls for another round of bipartisan legislation. Just kidding, I meant beer. How about an authorization of the use of military force? We can just leave the country field blank. Excellent suggestion, Vampira. I'll get the Senate GOP caucus together on this pronto. I'm sure Commodore McConnell will mutter his approval almost immediately. Mike Lee will make a concerned face when he votes for it, but that just means he's happy. I'm so glad they waited a while before locking you up. Look at the lighting effect. It's going wild, and the woo-woo sound is louder than ever. It's deafening. 
Yes, I can see it here, Pearl. Unlike Coburn over there. Doc, you've been drinking since the beginning of the episode. Why aren't you passed out in the middle of the bowling alley like you usually are at this time of day? I say, I have no explanation, Mr. Pearl. I drank a case of the finest Kentucky bourbon in my collection, and there's still only one of you standing there, not two. Strange. And the captain, the prostate foreman, teetotaler, has been swilling rot gut clean town beer from the planet Little Rock Nine all afternoon. And he's just as coherent as ever. I quaffed down a barrel of space seaweed gin with a stout chaser, and I can walk a straight line from here to the loo. Gosh, Sulu, they're all drinking like swilling space pirates, but no matter how much they drink, they stay sober. Uh, I'm pretty much out of lines, Pearl, but here comes Ned. He must be taking another break from giving pony rides to the clean tops. I say, I do believe I've been blinded by an overwhelming urge to ask a clean town witch to dance with me at the cotillion. Shaking it up on the dance floor with the blackest of pagan priestesses is no longer an abomination in the eyes of the Lord. I want to call Coburn a miserable, racist, peach-faced mother, but I can't and it's tearing me apart. We need to find a cure for this blissful paradise syndrome brought on by those hippie lights. We need to do it fast before I permanently lose my curmudgeonly edge. Ned, we may have a cure. It's John Philip Sousa music. It's the reason the bald Clinton with a huge scar on his face. Hey, who said I have a scar now? Okay, fine. It's the reason the bald Clinton with a remarkably smooth face, and I haven't been affected by the peace hippie light thing, is that we both obsessively listen to marches by the composer-conductor John Philip Sousa. Yeah, that sounds likely. I guess we've got the same writers all through this season. Lucky us. I'd like to say at this juncture, we should have invited those fuzz-faced goons, meaning the writers, into the shuttle bay for a lovely brunch and a wee bit of bowling. That's what they all deserve, a party like no other. I say, I'd also like to say, I've always enjoyed serving alongside Welshmen and other even darker men of even more inferior races. Ach, then transport over and join us and bring some freaks. We love them too. Oh God, this is insufferable. And what's worse is that I agree with all of what's being said. Sulu, what were you saying? The Sousa music. Can it be piped all over the ship? And especially into the shuttle bay? Ach, have we forgotten how to offend each other? If we have, we're jeopardizing the Confederation. Jesus, we've got to end this stupid episode before we run out of script. Welsh, how much time before that happens? I don't know. Mr. Ned, three pages, maybe four. Don't forget, the men below decks have broken into the Space Christmas ham. And that's not a euphemism. But they're having a bunny good time down there. <laughs> oh, not our space ham. Ned, what do we do? 
I remember a time when we got real enjoyment out of watching our hired overseers commit atrocities on persons of inferior breeds. I still watch that kind of stuff, but where has the joy gone? Shut up, Pearl. Shut up, Coburn. Damn it, I need to feel that again. Zulu, how's it progressing with your Susan music plan? Uh, fine. Dad, I haven't done anything yet. Oh, I mean, it's finished. You just press this oversized novelty button, the one that we normally use as the intercom switch, and Zusa music will blast all over the ship. And we'll all be able to hate again. And there'll be preemptive wars again. And there'll be trumped-up justifications for airstrikes again. I'll be back in business. Shut up, Pearl. You're a fat... Freaking ass fool. Oh my god. I need to get back to normal. I'm hitting the button. Okay, that was probably enough. Let's call the shuttle bay and see if they're all back to their normal repulsive selves. Oh shit! The intercom button is still rigged up to play surf some music. God, I hate that stuff. Hey, I felt that. I hated something again. Hey, Pearl, shut up! You're a disgusting crab-faced lard bulb green spaghetti hair. It worked! I'm cured! Ah, what I would do to have green spaghetti hair on my character. Shuttle Bay, this is Commander Dunn. I can't stand the lot of you, and I'm about to depressurize that place. This is Halara. I too hate everything here. I hate the Confederation. I hate the Clintons. I hate Commander Bill. I never wanted to be president. I engineered Pizzagate and my email scandal and the whole Benghazi affair just to ensure I would never have to serve as head of such a repulsive civilization as the Clinton Empire. Well, as long as we're all telling truth now, I was really hoping you guys would lock her up. I mean, that would free me up to do all kinds of things, including some I wouldn't want to mention here. No, not with a horse around. (laughs) Captain, look at the cheap hippie lighting effect. It's fading. As everybody professes their honest hatred of everyone else, it gets weaker and weaker. Yeah, and now I'm starting to feel the 13 kegs of beer I drank. Oh, mama. Actually, I think that light thing's batteries are just running down. The network wouldn't spring for new ones. They just used the ones from Doc Coburn's medical tricorder prop. And it's true. The alien hippie light is losing its hold on both of our peoples. We can feel hatred again, <laughs> including race hatred. We're free again to shun the children of Cain. Yes, we already figured that out, fool, idiot. Hey, Commander Bill, get the hell out of this Confederate starship. Take your sleaze pwn drunken crew of five extras with you, including the cue ball bald guy with the eye patch and hook arm. What? But I had both eyes and hands just about a page ago. Also, I was instrumental in helping you save the ship, both crews and the plot. 
Yeah, but you're bald, so I don't trust you. Oh, damn it. Where are we supposed to go, Mr. Horse? You're still speeding through space and heading for the edge of the galaxy. My bird of prey is a thousand parsecs away. How am I supposed to get in there? <laughs> you know, I forgot all about that plot twist. I have lost control. And of the ship as well. Oh, Jesus. Can't we just end the thing here? Nobody watching this crap has enough long-term memory to recall that part of the plot. The light thing's batteries are dead. The helm should respond to controls now. Uh, yeah, okay. I'm not on the bridge, but here it goes. The ship is responding. We're slowing down. Warp 8, Warp 7, Warp 6. We're altering course. We're heading back home. Ah, uh, say, what about the men trapped below deck? They're all potential soldiers of Jesus. The Dixon android has been trying to cut through the bulkhead to free them, but he got his biotic butt stuck in the holy maid. He'll probably be there for a few episodes at least. Uh, I think there was only one extra in there anyhow. You know what I think? I think this show just wasn't entertaining at all. It just wasn't funny. I'm not sure why you needed Bill, or me for that matter. We have the Clinkdown Foundation to run. Confederation doesn't entertain its guests, Hilara, or its audience. All that stuff you've been told about is making people laugh is propaganda, fables, doo-doo pies. We too struggle to entertain ourselves, Commander Horse. There are humorless planets in the Cleantown systems. Aside from our ludicrously hypocritical political campaigns, our people have very little to smile about. I will help you now. Great. I'm glad to hear it, Hills. You can haul your sack of condescension corn to the transporter room and beam it to page 25 when it may have made a difference. The show's winding down now. We just need some half-assed moralizing to cream the top of it. <laughs> well, I guess as captain, that's my job. <laughs> Except this time I'm going to squeeze my whole ass into it. You know, it doesn't matter who you are in this universe, or who you hate, or who you love. As long as you are true to yourself, your family, and your company. There are planets out there. Unknown worlds. Filled with unknown aliens with weird skin and strange electric hair. Except, as we learned today, some may not have hair. Start wrapping it up, Willard. Furthermore, there are commodities out there. Untapped and unclaimed. Let's go find them. I have garages to build. <laughs> Golden garages. I'm assuming you're still going to let us off someplace, right? How about Wrigley's Pleasure Planet? Oh, wait a minute. We still have Halara with us, don't we? <laughs> I don't suppose you can keep her with you, can you? Maybe we can rewire the happy light and hang it in her room so she always stays likable. No worries, Commander Bill. You and Mrs. Beaton will be well-treated. But first, here's a little something I owe you. Well, you owe me a lot more than that. I think five million credits at Squares. You're not a very good bowler, Captain. But, Cross, you've got to be good at something, right? Maybe you're good at lighting your farts on fire. 
Hey, I don't know. Have you ever tried it? You better shut your mouth, Bubba. Well, what do you know about that? I finally got the last word. Serious? I've got men in sick bay. Some of them dying. Atrocities committed on their persons. And you talk about making peace with these fiends. Well, if our backs would turn, they'd jump us in a minute. And you know what Klingons do to prisoners. Slave labor, death planets, experiments. While you're talking, they're planning attacks. This is a fight to the death. We'd better start trying to win it. We what? should have left those false-faced goons in the transporter. That's right where they belong. Scotty. Non-existence. Now they can study the Enterprise, add our technology to theirs, change the balance of power. You've jeopardized the Federation. Scotty. Keep your fucking hands off me. Just keep away. Your feelings might be hurt, you green-blooded half-breed. May I say that I have not thoroughly enjoyed serving with humans. I find their illogic and foolish emotions a constant irritant. Then transfer out, freak! splinters already if i must in oh you must deed you must you must you must indeed you must you must hello and welcome welcome to the show welcome to the show at long last yes it's been a while i wasn't in the last episode (laughs) that's right i had to do a rerun yeah i had to do a clip show but it was great it was great <laughs> oh, Joe, that rerun was fantastic. <laughs> How did you ever think of the things that you included in that rerun? Oh my God, oh yes, that thing that you did last night. That was great. Yes, it's pity you had to flush it. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. So, my goodness, it's been it's months. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. Yeah, what have you been doing all these months? I've been swimming in lush pools. <laughs> <laughs> I'm swimming in lush pools. <laughs> I've been very busy as usual. It sounds very boring. I say the same thing every time. Well, you went through an entire season of yes, Paragon. Yes, I went through the Paragon season. Yes. Which we had to rescue two birds, ladies and gentlemen, two. But then we released two them birds. right after on the same day, and they did fine. They fledged properly two. the second time. And all four were raised, raised very well, and they ended up leaving. All left the downtown area. So now there's just the parent falcons. Apparently. Inhabiting the downtown canyon. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, although I'm not really sure where they are right now. I was just checking the cameras. Because we have many cameras downtown. So don't try and get away with any... Of your criminal acts downtown. Because 
because we will see them. We know. We have eyes. We will see. We will see them. We'll see them, Joey. <laughs> we'll we... see them, Joey. So calm down. Oh, God. There's cameras everywhere. So before we turned on the recording device, we were talking about what if we did an episode of Ned Trek in which I do all of Joe's parts and Joe does all of mine. What would that possibly sound like? What? F- oh, what fun. It's possible people don't know who does which parts anyway. Oh, everybody knows. No it one knows. sounds exactly like your voice, and it sounds exactly <laughs> like my voice. Are you kidding me? So cleverly disguise our voices. It's because we're well-trained. Okay, everyone. Everyone's time to guess. Who does Pearl? Is it Joe, number one? <gasps> oh, my God. Or is it Matt, number two? Oh, my God. I think mine sounded more like Kavanaugh. <laughs> Kavanaugh. Oh, I just found one of the Falcons. That looks like Ares. Where the hell is Estrid? Sorry, now I'm checking the downtown canyon. Estrid. He's hopefully, never away from the... Sp- go ahead. Hopefully nobody's doing anything illegal downtown because I'm moving the cameras around right now. Okay, everybody stand still down there. Don't do anything illegal. Don't do anything illegal if you're downtown because I got the cameras <laughs> on you. Don't do anything illegal. Actually, funny story. Somebody committed suicide uh, last year. <laughs> That's by, hilarious. By That's... jumping off the building where our... Oh, I think that is Astrid. Oh, good. I haven't seen her in ages. Um, anyway, I just found Astrid with a PTZ camera. <laughs> well, so somebody committed suicide. By jumping off the roof of the bank building where we have our cameras and where we have our our falcon box. And (laughs) the police didn't ask us if we had any footage over of it for like days. And they they were up there on the roof. And obviously there's these two PTZ cameras up there which can point in any direction, including it just so happens they weren't they were not pointed towards the the part of the roof that the guy jumped off but i mean they might have been you would think that they would have asked me like right away absolutely so i mean i'm surprised that they didn't because i mean they must well, be they aware did eventually of yeah. like four days later hey by the way that camera <laughs> hey i just thought of something <laughs> what's that smart guy hey there's some cameras up on the roof hey the kid with the cameras <laughs> He's got him pointed at the boys. Hey, I, I got to text somebody, Joe. You do some talking while I'm doing some texting. So anyways, Matt's got these cameras on the side of the building, see? And the boys, they fly in front of the camera so that he can keep an eye on them, see? <laughs> That's right. And everything, that, they can't even make a date with a broad without him knowing about it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Let alone get away with some bootleg whiskey. That's right, man. If, if they start acting like wise guys down there. Hey, I'm wise. I'm wise. It's going to know all about it. We should do our whole podcast like that. I know. Sorry, that's some interference from microwave radiation. That's right. Interference from microwave radiation. Hey, I think our podcast would be a lot more. <laughs> more received. interesting better received if we like metal more conspiracy theories oh my god that's right hmm. i just think of one Let's see um i'll this no. there's a giant gopher 
There's <laughs> nobody cares about a conspiracy theory about a giant gopher, Joe. It's the first thing that came to my mind. Jesus Christ. There's a man in the moon. A man in the moon. <laughs> Hilarious thing. Somebody sent me a picture of... Uh, Someone sent me a picture of some turtle eggs uncovered in a mulch pile. I thought you were going to change chord there. Anyway, what does them look like the moon? It's like it had the same markings as the Earth's moon. And I was like looking at it. I looked at the picture they sent me as a as part of it in a text. And I thought for a second it was a picture of the moon. And then I like expanded it. It's like, oh, no, it's a picture of turtle eggs. Oh, my God. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? You know what that means, Joe? Here's nope. our conspiracy theory. The moon is a gigantic turtle egg. It's a gigantic turtle egg. It's a gigantic turtle egg. Well, you know what they, uh, you know what the Native Americans called this continent? Gamera. Turtle Island. Oh, you kidding, really? No, really. Well, you know, that's right, because we're all on the back of the turtle, right? Yes, we're on the back of the turtle. You know, and here's part of this is this is synchronicity. Oh. I had to move a turtle today. Oh, my God. And you know what she had just been doing? Laying eggs. Not by accident. No, she she had something wrong with her though. I think she was oh, damaged dear. somehow. Her Oh her, no. Her um her shell was a little bit broken. Oh, I don't think that was a serious problem for her, but one of her legs was not working quite right. I gave her a ride. I picked her up and took her to a pond. And she did well in the water. It's just, you know, they're very vulnerable when they come out to lay their eggs. And often what they do is they... Often what they do is they, they will go to the, to the shoulder of a road where there's gravelly uh, soil uh, because it's easy for them to dig in. So that's where they lay their eggs and that's where they get in trouble and they get run over and they get, you know, so unfortunately for turtles... Unfortunately, we see, you know, <laughs> millions of years of evolution has created the turtle, and their behavior has been forged by environmental conditions, and nothing in evolution has prepared them for the advent of roads and traffic. Roads and bridges. Nothing in their evolution. song <laughs> about... <laughs> <laughs> Carl Sagan singing evolutionary it's, songs. It's Carl I Sagan. I can't believe it. It's like, this is not a phoned show. I know. <laughs> You're calling from California. Lisa. <laughs> <laughs> it's always Lisa calling into the show. Hello, you're on line seven. Hello, you're on This is Big Green. <laughs> Hello. I'm wondering how fantastic is it that we have a Moses that's three-dimensional. <laughs> They're all three-dimensional, ma'am. Oh, my God. All the saints. So there's Astrid, see? Oh, my goodness. She's sitting on the corner of the hotel. That's How come beautiful. people say hotel and not hotel? That's what I want to Well, it depends on whether if you're from the Old West, you would say hotel. <laughs> yeah, because you're used to having hotel. Well, how come she was hanging out with him at his, at his hotel? <laughs> And that might be a sentence that they'd say. <laughs> that might be a sentence. In the Old West. And she was with him at the hotel. 
game is up to now. Joe likes to listen to the headphones up to loud. I'll tell you something else that's loud. And sometimes you get a little wow. <laughs> We're going to do it very loud and then we'll go wild. <laughs> we do it fast. <laughs> Back when I was a, a kid, I, I got a little wild. <laughs> it's wild, Steve. It's wild. It's wild, Steve. It's wild. Oh, Monty Mark. We have explained where that came from, right? I think so. I think we We must should have. talk a little bit about Monty Markham, I think. Well, Monty Markham, uh, excellent <laughs> actor, <laughs> television actor. Hang on, I'll look up something about Monty Markham. Well, he was on the second hundred yeah, years. Why don't you explain... The, the clip we use of Monty Markham while I'm... Monty Markham his, uh, showed up uh, on the Six Million Dollar Man. He was like Steve Austin's friend. And he... What, did he get in an accident too? Yes. He and got, he ended oh up being God, the God, he got seven, in a race car accident, yes, Joe. Yes. He lost both legs and both arms. I know. And uh, then uh, and uh, then he, he got bionic just like Steve Austin did. And uh, he started... Uh, he didn't adjust to it very well, though. He started using it a little bit too much. Started having too too good of a time. Yeah, he was. And he when wasn't... he, yeah, when he read that line, it was after he was like beating up people. <laughs> it was like beating up a bunch of people. <laughs> and Steve, Steve Austin restrained him, and Monty Markham said, "It's wild, Steve. It's wild." Oh, he's still alive, Joe. Oh my God, you're kidding. He was born. On June 21st, 1935. He's age 84. Oh, okay. He was born in Manatee County, Florida. It's wild, Steve. It's wild. It's wild down in Manatee County. <laughs> oh, oh my God. He was in a movie called The Astronaut in 1972. Well, what must that be? Eddie like? Reese. Or Colonel Bryce... Randolph. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I think he played two parts in that. Oh, he was in Midway. Oh, no. He was in Airport 77. <laughs> he was in Shame, Shame on the Bixby Boys. Shame, Shame on the Bixby Boys? Wow. He was in Piranha. <laughs> Yeah, I think his uh, career was starting to go down a little downhill. He at was that in point. something in 2018 called Reborn. Huh. He was in Mission Impossible as Task. The second hundred years, that's the one that you mentioned. It's 26 episodes. Yeah. As Lucius Luke yep. Carp Carpenter. He was in Here Comes the Brides. Oh, was he? He was in an episode of The Mod Squad. Billy Kilgore. <laughs> it's wild, Link. It's wild. Hey, they don't they don't mention the episode of the Big Valley he was in. Wasn't he in the Big Valley once? Maybe he wasn't. No, I don't think so. They don't mention the six million dollar man. Joe. Well, that's an oversight. Is that IMDB? Oh yes, they do. Is that they IMDB? The six million dollar man. Are you reading IMDB? Yes. Okay. I think no. It's Wikipedia. Sorry. Oh my god, he was in a whole crap load of television shows. He was in Fantasy Island once. Oh, Jesus. Oh, it sounds like he was a reoccurring character on that show. 
Well, I think we all learned a little something special about Monty Markham. Actor. Television actor. He was in a television show called Leverage. Leverage? Dr. Everett, Everett Udall in 2012. <laughs> Dr. Everett Udall. Was that like a Canadian show? I have no idea. <laughs> Sounds like it. Okay, I'll look it up since you asked. It's an American television show. That's what it starts out by saying. It's almost like it's answering you. <laughs> <laughs> no, Joe. It's an American show. <laughs> Stupid Joe. <laughs> it's an American television drama series which aired on TNT from December 7th, 2008 to December 25th. That's Christmas 2012. But God, it's so cheap sounding. I thought it must have been from Canada. That's where you're wrong, stupido. <laughs> See, we don't need a script. Oh my God, he was in an episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Oh, Jesus. Oh, no. We used to call it Deep Six Nine. <laughs> <laughs> Deep Space Nine is an American science fiction television series created by Rick Berman and Michael Piller. It originally aired from January 3, 2093 to June 2, 1999. Wow, they've got 176 episodes over seven... Holy crap. Can't believe it lasted that long. Well, that's very exciting. Okay, now we know all about Monty Markham. That Aren't was you lame. glad that I looked lame. that up? Quit making fun of it, Joe. That show was extremely lame. Let's see you do better with your dead trick show. I hope you play it. I hope it sounds awful. It's good, isn't it? <laughs> I hope you play your grandma's song, and I hope it sounds awful. We should talk about this uh, this month's episode. Yeah, I can't remember. What the hell was it? Oh, is it... Yeah, was <laughs> I think you remember? <laughs> no, wait, no, I'm kind of drawing a blank. Which which one did it we was do? the one where um it, the uh, he doesn't know either. The what the hell's the matter with you, Pearl? Clean oh yeah, oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It had it had yes, it had Commander Bill in it. Yes, it was Day of the Dove. Uh, yeah, it was our the, version our of version. the Day of the Dove. What, what did we call it? I think we called it Day of the Dope. Nice. Yeah, something like dope. that. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was a reoccurring. It was <laughs> I had a working title of Day of the Ivory. <laughs> yes, oh, Jesus Christ, which makes no sense. It need a serious, needed a serious <laughs> rewrite. Joe's script. <laughs> I like the thing I liked about it best is that you had like some people were on the planet and some people are on the ship, but it's like he kept switching. Who was like, he's talking to him. But he was on the ship. <laughs> so, the hell with continuity. So continuity to, is overrated. I keep having Ned say something like, what the hell are you doing on the, the, on the planet? You were just on the ship a minute ago. <laughs> <laughs> See, we think it's funny. <laughs> yes. It's hilarious. Oh, God. It's hilarious how incompetent we are. It was good to have hills in the show, too. (laughs) Well, you did a good, uh, you did a good hill. (laughs) You did a good hill. I can't, I can't impersonate Hillary. (laughs) I sped up my voice ever so slightly. 
<laughs> yeah, you did. I, no, I did notice it. <sighs> I spat up yours for, just as well. for Mr. Tolstoy. <laughs> just as well. <laughs> you don't sound too much like her. <laughs> <laughs> I did like I did like Ronnie and Phil's relationship. <laughs> I never knew my own daddy. <laughs> These, these guys are about my best friends in the world. I never knew my own dad. See, we think it's really funny, everybody. You should, too. Yes. It's hilarious. It's filled with thrills and excitement. One of these days, Joe, and humor. we're going to, I'm going to, uh, one of these days, <laughs> I'm going to foot the bill. And we're going to go to Ticonderoga and we're going to use the, the real genuine imitation Star Trek set. And we're going to, we're going to make an episode of Ned Trek right there. Yeah. All you need is a horse's head. We're going to, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mr. Ooh. Suda will be there. We'll get the actual actor. No, we won't. Because he's busy. George Takei. We won't get George Takei. He's busy. <laughs> he should be busy. Yeah, he's busy. He's actually doing, uh, I think he's, uh, he's doing a movie or something. Is he? I think on based on his experience as a, a prisoner. Manziner, yeah. Yeah, as an in, internment camp during uh, World War II for Japanese Americans. Yes. That travesty. Yeah, wow. which is a good subject to to uh, concentrate on, especially nowadays. Well, it hasn't been talked about very much, and interestingly, it, it wasn't in really talked about that much back in the in the sixties or the seventies. Though, um, no, not much. No. Frank Zappa actually did songs about it. He was a good man, Frank. He did. Uh, hey, concentration have- moon. Oh, was that really? Concentration. You're kidding. I thought it was just a silly and then, song. And then if you if you read the liner notes of that album, that they have that long thing oh, that they my do. Still running free. Yeah. They're growing oh, out of free. How's that the... about the... <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah. I don't understand. Concentration moon and concentration game. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's uh if you look at the liner notes, there's that long instrumental part that they did, right, that right. long piece, and and it talks about talks about the uh, the uh, internment camps. Mm-hmm. Good old Frankie. We were just talking about Frank a couple episodes ago, I think. Yeah, he was smart. And how he, he at one point somehow, according to Mickey Dolans, asked Mickey Dolans to be the his drummer, drummer for <laughs> the Mothers of right. Invention. I, I do have to dispel one myth that we've thought for many years. Oh, what's that? That Charles Manson had tried out for the monkeys. It was not true. Mickey Dillon really? made it up because he, oh, he was having fun making up outrageous things for a while. And, and he said that he, he'd make it up and it would be like news. Well, you know why it was plausible, though. would repeat. You know why it was plausible is because he was like hanging around. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah. He, he hung around with one of the Beach Boys, and yeah. he was like, "Well, that doesn't surprise." He me. contributed a song <laughs> to to them. They they kind of rewrote it and they recorded it on one Tell of their them. albums. <laughs> 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 Tuck Manson, we're surfing. <laughs> oh God.
Anyway, yeah, that doesn't surprise me that he's friends with the Beach Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Not my favorite band. <laughs> they they murdered part of the, <laughs> they murdered music. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I know. Very In- clever arrangements. Very clever. Very, very clever. Shame their voices and shame their voices and lyrics were so terrible. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> Who expected him to do that? And who expected him to do that? Yeah. Uh, actually, uh, I saw an, I saw an interview with uh, Frank Zappa recently. That was an older interview, but I was going to say he died years ago. Yeah, but it's, I, I came across this for some reason. I don't know why. And he was he was talking about um, he was talking about the record labels and the A and R people, mm-hmm. and how in the older days, the olden days, it was like kind of easier to be <laughs> to be like a rock band and 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 get um get in with the AR AR people because yeah, they were like they older guys didn't know what was good. Yeah, they were older guys they and they didn't know why they were good. The same. And then at a certain point he said that they became like the 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 hippies would yeah. gr- grow up and they'd be yeah, they'd, they'd be hipsters the, and, and they'd, they'd know the difference. They'd become the A&R guys <laughs> and they'd be like, "Well, I have a really really, you know, well-defined idea of what i want music to be yes. <laughs> whereas in the old days it was like so you could do hey anything. the kids these kids say this is the stuff that the kids like electric flux string instruments yeah. okay whatever hey kid whatever <laughs> go in there and knock I like it out glenn miller as long as it makes money i don't care what it is yeah those were the days we could have been famous in those days Joe, <laughs> but no we could have been famous <laughs> but no we had to be born 15 years too late 15 years too late. God damn it. We could have been Hoyman in the Hoymans. <laughs> or, or an analog. <laughs> Hoyman and his Hoymans. Hoyman and the Hoymans. Um, oh, yeah. And Michael Nesmith said that he, when he went to Australia, he was interviewed and, and he like just, he, they asked him about his, I don't know, the record sales. And he said that, that the monkeys had sold more than like the Beatles and the Rolling Stone put together. And so that like non-fact got like passed on. And he says he still comes upon that today that like certain, certain, certain folks will say, especially in Australia, apparently they'll, they'll like bring up that as if it was a fact. And then it's like, said, he just made it up. (laughs) (laughs) They could say anything. And well, we have it from Mike Nesmith himself. (laughs) That's like really he wouldn't funny. lie about that. That's really funny. <laughs> yeah, that is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> Charlie, <laughs> Peter, Charlie, but we, Mike. We, but that was such a good non-fact. I know. Mickey. It was very Thanks, convincing. It's very convincing. And so now we're supposed to believe that Frank Zappa asked him to be his drummer. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I don't believe that. We'll believe that. I don't too. believe anything he says now. So was that that wasn't a song episode, was it? No. So we have to play songs in this. Yes. Okay. Well, yes. What do you want to play? Well, what would you like the people to hear? Oh God. Let's hear some requests. God's death. I don't know. God's death. God's wounds. That's what Queen Elizabeth used to say. I mean, the first Queen Elizabeth. God's death. I'm quoting the Queen. It can't be sacrilegious. I'm quoting the Queen. She's the head of the, the church after all. Bum, 
turns into oompa music with us. We, we should for some have, reason. We could have really laid one out. For we those, should have been uh, in Fritz's polka band. <laughs> we should, those A&R guys from the 60s, we could have played that. This is what the kids like. So this is what the kids like, eh, kid? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, so. oh, yeah they're totally into this now. Yeah, that's what they like. <laughs> they, they love this it, stuff. Take it from me. <laughs> they eat it up. <laughs> take it from me. Blow the safe. <laughs> That's right, the new... <laughs> Go ahead. Blow the safe. <laughs> of course, that new recording... Yes. ...came yeah. out of, like, Reagan being outrageously racist. Who yeah. would have thought? It's surprising, isn't it? Everybody was so surprised about Reagan. Nobody's surprised at all about Nixon. <laughs> well, I have no idea Reagan was so racist. <laughs> it's like, and Nixon's like... I'm so surprised at Reagan. Nixon's like, a bunch of cannibals. <laughs> Nixon calls them cannibals later after Reagan calls them monkeys. Yeah, he just like pulled that out of his ass. Yeah. But yeah, Reagan was Reagan was uh, charming. Very charming. Uh, yeah, charming individual. Charming. Well, it's all those people who don't even know how to wear shoes. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, something like that. He was only the governor of California at the time. It's interesting because I heard that while I was I was reading a, I was reading a book about about uh, foreign policy towards Southern Africa at during the Reagan administration. Mostly. Constructive engagement. Right. Uh, yes, I do. And recall. their obsession over Cuba. I was alive during that time. Their obsession over Cuba being in Angola. In our, in our hemisphere. In our hemisphere. Yes, he claimed a whole hemisphere at the time, as I remember. Apparently, more than one. Yeah, yeah. Well, obviously, Angola is not. It's not in our hemisphere. The Cubans. We have to bring Reagan back for an episode. Yeah, that's probably time. Could be. Well, we're gonna do like a Christmas episode, right? Oh yeah, Maybe I think the, so. I hope yeah. so. I hope so. so. I'm, still, I'm still writing the next musical episode. Oh, that's right. It's yeah, I'm skipping because I've got lots. Well, it's taking a while because I have lots of other work to do. Oh, sure. Because I'm moving. I'm moving to another place in the world. Moving to another hole. From one <laughs> hole. From one to another hole. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> random quotes. Let's do an hour of random quotes. I know. Freestyle. What music do you want to play, mother? Let's see. What do we have? Well, it'd be nice if we had a list to look at or something. Well, last time we have a bunch of Ned D D Is that what that does? You have a bunch of Ned songs? Only Ned Zing? Ned Trick oh. songs. Finish your thought. You idiot. You idiot. That looks like lyrics. That's, That's what lyrics. you call them. That's lyrics. So. This is an R set list. Some throwback. In the pathetic retread episode that I just did, I played live songs or things that were recorded live, at least. Yes, I know. I know. <laughs> That's how Shorty started. Yeah. Shorty was a character in Popeye. <laughs> Popeye's little pal. Yeah, it was like for Shorty. a brief time. 
Popeye had a little pal called Shorty. Yes. Of course. Had to be. It was kind of in the Navy. Back days. in the days when everyone's name had something to do with some physical characteristic. <laughs> <laughs> that was also back was in the like, days, yeah. the brief time when Popeye was actually a sailor. Yeah, it was in the Navy. <laughs> it was like, who would have thought? What did he lose his commission or something? What exactly <laughs> happened with Popeye the sailor? Well, we had a war. <laughs> we had a world war, so they had to recruit him into the into the navy. Yeah, because he was a, he was around before the war. Yes, before the war, and then he was during the war. He was in the war. They utilized him. Yeah, yeah. and then he was. Yeah, like, they had him in. He was I, I mean, mustered out. I don't know if you, the war. Do you remember the incredibly racist cartoons that they had with yeah, with Japanese, Popeye? Yeah, yeah, the Japanese. They didn't Crazy. pick on the Germans for some reason. Well, it's because well, they're white. Uh, well, I well, mean, was a little also, bit. He was a sailor. Man. A little, a little tiny bit. Yeah, he was they, a sailor. Man. They picked on Hitler, but only just for a second. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, they had yeah, him in front of long. a microphone going. That's been too long. I, I yeah. can't remember. Yeah, I do remember the their depictions of Japanese. Though. Yeah, he was like punching them through the uh, through the radio wires. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, like did it like. Did a punch. Dun, and went, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, okay. Punch them. Yeah, through that, their that does seem for me. Yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, they were pretty hideous cartoons. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, the thing about the Japanese was like they—they they actually depicted them as like some kind of insect. Yeah. Well, so did Johnny Quest. Well, not the Japanese, but Asians. Well, pretty much anyone that isn't. <laughs> I mean, they—they they had race ban and call, <laughs> call. Okay. Uh, Africans, pagan, pagan monkeys, monkeys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that was a kid's Racist cartoon. Bannon. <laughs> he was a CIA agent, so at least it was an accurate <laughs> depiction. <laughs> <laughs> at least they tried to make him realistic. <laughs> we brought that up in an Ed Drug episode. We did indeed. Racist Bannon. That was a horrible cartoon. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, well, it was you know it's kind of like. Uh, Imperialism, yeah, distilled into. But those cartoon. were the days when scientists were the heroes, though. Still, scientists were the heroes. It was a very short time when, well, in the fifties and sixties, scientists were the heroes, and then it like switched to the military somehow. Yeah, <laughs> it was kind of the military always kind of, you know, I guess it was because of the atomic bomb period. Yeah, they were like the miracle workers. It's because they they created the atomic bomb and the, the H bomb, and so yeah. So Doctor Benton, Doctor Benton Quest was probably a, like a nuclear yeah. physicist. Yeah, he or probably worked on the Manhattan Project. And uh, and then, yeah, but then John after Robinson that, it was like, a space scientist. Yeah, yeah. But after that, it was like scientists were below military, right? Subordinate. Uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting. It changed. Things it changed. Changed. Yeah. Well, As what we get song into the reggae should era. we play, Joe? Well, let's play some song right here. <laughs> Joe will choose some song. I will choose a song and throw it in there. Maybe you want to play three or four. So Along with some wooden There's some three or four songs that Joe will choose at random. 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 I can't believe it. It's random. Maybe I'll pick songs from uh, some of our collections. Yes, we have many. Indeed. Here they are. Dun, 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 dun. Right. Step in the invitation. Your come gets right the top of the list. Rose like a 
the bishop has replaced you With some tuber off the shelf Seems your talents are to be wasted I never thought they'd do that right out the window and then he thought of forgiveness leave your scholarship in limbo I never thought Say listen court Flag of justice they pretend to I never thought they do I never thought they were very serious Successor is defensive and his spring is tightly wound. They really think he can replace you. Can you just see all the millionaires sing? I never thought they would. I never thought they were very serious.
It's over. Yes, thank God we Making got that out of the way. All those songs in a row. Yes, it seemed kind of stupid to play them all in a row, but it was good to hear oh, them well. again. It was good to hear all of those again. Yeah, those are some of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they uh, they make me. So we had a little dance for party. The fjords. Yeah, they pining for the fjords. Pining for the fjords. I was thinking of Waleed this week just because they were talking we about Greenland. We were all Greenland. thinking about Waleed. They were talking about Greenland so much. Interesting. I heard about some woman from Iceland today who like, applied for work at the place where I work. I was thinking about Iceland not long ago. Now you mentioned Greenland. Yeah, what did, like, doesn't like Donald Trump say something completely stupid about Greenland? Somebody told him that the Danes might want to sell Greenland to him. And so he thinks that he can buy Greenland. <laughs> and of course, the Danish ambassador or whoever and said, with, it's not for sale. <laughs> and with, with climate change, it's going to be filled with oil. It's going to be, it's got oil. It's got oil in there. <laughs> it's got oil. You'll be able to, you'll be able to drill and drill all that oil. The frack to live in hell out of Greenland. As soon as those pesky ice caps are gone, and they're going now. And all those Danes are out of the way. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. They can eat their Danishes somewhere else on some <laughs> other subcontinent. They can eat their Danishes. This is our hemisphere. That's right. It's our hemisphere. It's our hemisphere. <laughs> Greenland is like a... Is like an arrow pointed at the heart of the United States. That was, that was a good one. <laughs> that was a good one. Now say something racist about the Danes. 
those Danes, they probably haven't even learned anything about wearing shoes on their feet. <laughs> so true. They've probably... So true. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Dueling next time. Well, we can't both do next time. <laughs> they probably... Uh, they probably never eaten a sandwich. <laughs> That's something the Danes would do. Damn it. That is true, Mr. President. And who would know better than you? <laughs> you seem to know everything about every different nationality, sir. That that seems to be a gift that uh, <laughs> only you have. <laughs> uh, that's that's why. Uh, Thank you, Henry. That's great. Oh, it's my pleasure. I want you to think big, Henry. Think big. Yes, I am. I, I try to uh, <laughs> follow your advice all the time. I, uh, your insight, sir, is uh, <laughs> unsurpassed by any other modern uh, politician and I'm talking about in the world. Who's that, Dick? His nose looks like Danny Thomas. And, uh, that's most amusing. That's um impromptu Henry slash Reagan slash Nixon. Well, I think it's time for us to go. Is it time for us to go? Oh, look at the clock. Oh my god, what time is it? It's 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 o'clock. Calling Mr. Sonny Sheldon to raise your heart to the savage. Everyone, I'm Mr. Sonny Sheldon. Please <laughs> report to the savage shotgun. <laughs> yes, I understood that. Attention shoppers. In our dairy area, <laughs> you will find... <laughs> we actually heard that once joe and i were in a shopping center in i think in albany Rensselaer, something like that in the dairy area (laughs) somebody they were talking about what's in their dairy area (laughs) i didn't want to know hey you know i didn't want to (laughs) know who wants to know anyway that was a long time ago and we'd best forget it was a great movie with some great people, some of whom are dead. <laughs> and probably all of whom are dead. And here we go. It's time for... Oh, us yes. To... Okay. okay. We're, okay. we're well, leaving now. Always a pleasure. Good night. Matt, it's always a pleasure. John Joe. Huh. <laughs> uh, huh, huh. <laughs> That's a pleasure. As usual. <laughs> To go on oh, no, away. That's not the key. It's been so long. Oh, it doesn't matter. Now it's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us. It's time for us. It's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us. It's time for us. It's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us to go. It's time for us.
All right. Indeed. Well, that's how we got. This is Big Green. Never thought it is This is Big Green, brought to you by Ned, the Talking Horse. I'm not talking anymore. I'm on strike. I'm walking out. He needs more money. My labor. We don't have any more money to give you, my man. I want more than money. <laughs> Find out more about us at big-green.net. I want to go back to the gold standard. Follow me on Twitter at Big Green Joe. I'm a libertarian now. No, you're not. Yes. No one is. No one is a libertarian.